0: Apostle Paul has laid out for us a foundation of the grace of God, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, and he has shown us so clearly how that we all have become children of God through faith in Jesus. And he has assured the the Gentiles here how that God had brought them out from from where they were in this world and joined them with um, all the people of God. This gospel is not just for the Jews. It's for Gentiles alike. And God has has uh, included us all uh, together as one. He's made no distinction between us. And we are all one in the body of Christ. So Paul has, has so, so clearly and so wonderfully uh, brought these truths out throughout the book of Romans. The doctrine of, of grace and salvation through faith in Christ is not an end in itself. It is it is uh, is the beginning of the things that God wants us wants in our lives. If you're saved this morning, you're born again. Uh, the day that you were born again you've started a whole new life. So, amen. God wants us to put into practice the things that we believe. He wants us to begin, when He saved us, He wanted us to begin a new life as He has given us new life in Christ and has made a difference in our lives. Now, if you talk to people in this world that, that are that are lost, that don't know the Lord, uh, they don't know anything about him. They don't know anything about the Lord. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even cross their mind at all. He doesn't come into their minds. They're just living their lives. They're just they're just living in this world. And they're doing whatever they do. And they have They have no thoughts of anything that is religious or spiritual uh, anything about the Lord when they find somebody that talks that way, they usually brand them as uh, fanatics or you know religious fanatics or 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 uh, uh, far right or or you're really into Jesus and I'm not really into all because they because Jesus uh, doesn't mean anything to them, and, and and they're just living life to whatever, however they live. You see, in other words, all of their thoughts and all of their ambitions in life are totally without God, without Christ in mind, and and so uh, you know, there's no. Uh, they're carnal; they're they're just carnal-minded people. But when we're born again, when we met, when we know the Lord, then something has changed. Something, something wonderful has happened to us, and and God has brought in. Uh, how can I say it? God's brought in a new element into the equation. God has brought. God, God brings something into life that is that is beyond words to express really the joy of it and and the, the peace of it and the love of God that, that we have uh, we can we can try to share with others but what God brings into life amen uh, is, uh, is it's a perfect solution to every problem that we have in life is in Jesus and Christians have something of spiritual value to offer. They have they have something of spiritual value that the world doesn't value Christ. They don't value the things of God because they don't know God. And you can't just walk up to somebody and pound them on the head about it and because because they don't know Jesus and because they if they don't know Jesus, they don't understand. They don't understand what you're talking about. And they have no idea what the value is of Jesus Christ. They don't understand the importance they don't understand that the, it is the most vital, important thing in, in, in this world is to know Jesus. Uh, but if you don't know Him, you don't know that. If you don't know the Lord, you don't realize how valuable and how precious that Jesus really and truly is. But when you meet the Lord and you, and you know Him in your heart, then sometimes it's, it's hard for some folks... When they're especially when you're first saved it's hard for you to keep your mouth shut about it because you won't tell everybody about the Lord and 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 when you run across somebody that could care less what you're saying <laughs> uh, don't let that you know can't be discouraged about that so as you have you grown older in the Lord you've grown older in the Lord and and you you, you know at uh, and you've become more stable and more uh you know uh rooted in Christ then uh established don't don't be discouraged when other people don't hear what you have to say because it's like it's like trying to describe to a blind man what something looks like and you can you can try to describe it and they may have some kind of inner you know visual picture or concept of what it is you're saying but if they've never seen before if they've never if they were born blind they've never seen then they really don't know what the color is they don't know what uh, they don't know what the picture is they can they can only imagine so don't be frustrated if you can't explain to a blind man what things look like because he's never seen before so he doesn't know amen and until he does know, until his eyes is open, until God opens his eyes, he will never appreciate the beauty of what is around him. Amen? Amen. He can go on in life and live in the way he lives and, and do the best he can. I feel sorry for blind folks and I've often wondered about those kind of people that they born with those, those handicaps in life, but they somehow learn how to live Let me tell you something, those that are are lost without Christ, uh, they may live, they may learn how to live in this world, but they're living without the most valuable thing in life. They're they're missing out on the greatest thing in life. Amen? Uh, If you're a blind man, you're missing out on the the beauty of the world, and if you're lost without Christ, it's the same way. Without Christ, you are blind spiritually blind you are spiritually in the darkness but when jesus saves you and brings you into the light suddenly you begin to realize the beauty of christ amen and the beauty of this of 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 this life that we have in him so paul uh paul is telling us that that uh You and I, as born-again Christians, have something that is of such value, but it's it's not to be kept secret. It's not to be just within our four walls at home. But it is to be spread abroad and told to everybody else, Whether they hear you or not, whether they believe you or not, whether they're interested or not. It's every one of our uh, job to make known the good news of Jesus. It's our duty. It It is our privilege. Praise God. It's our privilege to tell the world what Christ has done. Jesus said to us in Matthew... The fifth chapter, he said, "You are the salt of the earth." So the value that we have is like salt of the earth, and we all know what salt does. And we've heard—I'm sure you've heard sermons of preachers preaching about what salt and the value of salt, what it does, what it can do. It preserves and it uh, it flavors. Jesus said, "If the salt is lost its savor, it's fit for nothing. It loses its value, and it's and it's." Cast out and trod under the foot of men. And he says, but he says, if you lose your savor. So we don't, we don't want to lose our savor. We don't want to lose. Uh, Paul said that, that we should be seasoned with grace. Amen. We should be seasoned with grace. So uh, the value that we have, the what we have is of great value. We're the salt of the earth so that we, we bring flavor and we bring preservation. And we, we bring uh, something extra into this world that the world needs. Don't ever think of yourself as somebody that's not worth anything. As a Christian, don't ever think of yourself as not valuable at all or not, or not uh, worth listening to or you don't have anything to offer to anybody believe in Jesus and you kind of keep it all to yourself and you kind of hunker down and you don't want to say anything. But what you have is of great value and what you have is makes you, praise God, worthy. You are worthy to speak for Jesus. You are worthy to teach and talk about what God has done for you. Don't put your light. Jesus also said in Matthew 5 that you're the light. You're the light of the world. So don't hide your light under the bushel. Amen? Don't hide your light behind closed doors, but let the world see the light of Christ in you. So now Paul is is letting us know, you're children of God, you have been been bought with a price. And he goes on to say this, I beseech you therefore, in chapter 12, by the mercies of God, by everything that God has done for you and, and for the grace of God that has been Given to you. I implore you. I plead with you. I beseech you. By that grace. Now, you know, Paul is so sincere here. He is so sincere. And God is letting us know, hey, don't belittle the gift of God. Don't make the gift of God small in your life. But God wants us to realize the greatness of His gift. He wants to realize the greatness of what He's given to each and every one of us. What you have this morning is exactly what somebody out there needs. What you have to say is what somebody needs to hear. Hello. Hello. Don't tell me if you're born of God that you ain't got nothing to say. If you ain't got nothing to say, I wonder if you are born of God. Don't tell me that you you don't feel like doing this because if you're born of God, brother, it doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. There's something inside of you that tells you that something is real in your heart. And you're desperate to share what you have. Amen. You should be the first one to be on the edge of your seat, waiting to stand up to tell somebody. Amen. You know, if somebody says they may got anything to say for the Lord, you should all be the first one to stand up. What does that mean? I mean, we're all going to stand up together. <laughs> all of us have something to say for the Lord. All of us that are born of God has something to say for God. All of us that love God have something to say about His love. Amen. All of us has have been saved and redeemed from sin and the gutters of sin that we lived in, we have something to say about it Hallelujah. when God saves us and redeems us from that gutter. Let me, you know, we grab somebody and say, Brother, let me tell you what happened to me. Praise God. That's why I like, <laughs> praise God. That's why I like Carlos's testimony. He says, let me get a hold of you and tell you what God did for me. <laughs> He's not ashamed to tell somebody what God did in his life. When I listen to Gerald back there, he's got something to say. What God has done in his life over all the years. The testimony that he has for the Lord. He's ready to speak up and say, because praise God, something has happened that's real in his life. Amen. Right. And, and it, praise God. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to be proud of. It's not something to hold back. It's something you want to give. Amen. Amen. You want to give it. Jesus said, let your light shine. When Jesus came into this world, He didn't go hide behind a door somewhere or hide in the closet or try to just sneak away and keep Himself hid all the time. Brother, He was right out there in the middle of everybody telling them everything about the good Lord. Amen. He was out there giving all that the Father had given to Him. You say, how do you keep what you have? You give it away. Amen. I posted a thing on Facebook the other day. How do you keep God's love? You keep it by giving it away. You give it away. Everything that God has given to us is worth the effort. It's worth the effort, praise God, to go out there and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. Not only to tell others about Jesus. Amen. that That is something that we should all be doing. But also how we live at home how we conduct ourselves. Not just the things we say, but how we act, how we behave, how we live. Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. He has, laid out, he has laid out before them the doctrine of the grace of God and how He has showed them that God has brought them in through the precious blood of Jesus. He has told them that they are in Christ and that the love of God is so great and wide and deep. He has told them they are more than conquerors through Him that loved them. He has told them of the love of God, praise God, that, that, has, that has bought them and brought them in. And now He says, I beseech you by this same love. Amen. Brother, if if if, if 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 the Lord, if we feel and know in our heart that God is worthy of our trust to redeem us, then he is worthy of our efforts to serve him. Huh? If God is so good as to redeem us and save us and give us a whole new life, then He is worthy of us that we should serve Him. So by the same token, Paul says, if you're redeemed, if you're washed, if you're clean, and you are, then I adjure you, I beseech you, I implore you, I plead with you by the same grace. hallelujah somebody said by what token does God want me to do it by the very token that he saved you with by the very same thing he redeemed you with that's how that's how sincere God is with our lives that's how sincere he is with us serving him living for him doing his will living daily for him If God saw fit to save me, then I should see that He wants me to serve Him. If God saw fit to redeem me with His blood and send Jesus down here to suffer and die on the cross for me, then God wants me to see how sincerely He wants me to serve Him. He didn't save me to sit down and do nothing. He saved me to get up and follow Jesus. He saved me to get up and go for Him because ain't nobody else going to do it. Who's going to do it? Those that God saves. Who's going to do it? God's children is going to do it. Who's going to, who's going to serve the Lord today? Those that's been redeemed with his blood. They're the one that's going to serve the Lord today. Hallelujah. Who's going to shout and praise God today? Those that's been redeemed. Who's going to believe God and trust God? Those that's been redeemed. Amen. Who's going to walk and not be weary? Run, hallelujah, not be weary. Walk and not faith. It's those that's been redeemed. We have every reason to be encouraged. We have every reason to serve God. We have every reason to be on the up and up with Christ because He has redeemed us. Amen. Well, I do believe in Jesus, Brother Bob, but you know I'm small, devil's always after me all the time, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so we sit down and we quit. And we let the enemy get the best of us. And still our testimony and the away the precious things that God has for us in life man there's great things God has in store for every one of us if we'll just get up and go with him there's so many things that God has in store for us if we will just get up and say yes Lord I appreciate what you've done for me now what can I do for you today how can I serve you now what is it you require what is it you want of me now and I'm going to tell you something. That's not just a duty. That's from the heart. That's love. You can do all your duty all day long and not having love. But the Lord is looking at your heart. Where is your heart at? Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to remember, praise God, what God did for us in the beginning. Sometimes we need to get down and just remember, just get out and pray and say, Lord, I just remember the day you washed me and cleansed me with your blood. I remember the time when you saved me and refresh ourselves and renew ourselves in the Lord and renew and be refreshed in Him and let Him bless us and fill us with His Spirit to overflow and be filled with His love so that we're ready to get up and go for God. We're ready to serve Him. We're ready to live in this world for the Lord. Hallelujah. Because we have something to offer. We have something to say. We have something to give. We have something, praise God, that you can't you can't you're not going to find it down the hell holes and the booze dives and the shindigs. You're not going to find it down there. You're not going to find it in the world. You're not going to find it there. It's God's people that has it. You have it. You have something. Amen. That your family needs. That your husband or your wife or your children or your neighbors, you have what they need. It's inside you. Amen. It's inside of every one of us that's redeemed. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Amen. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ever speak up for the Lord. Praise God. If you run across somebody on a drunk man or on the street, don't be afraid to walk up to him and tell him that Jesus loves him. You run across somebody that's down now, don't be afraid to witness them and tell them about the Lord. Amen. Whenever the opportunity arises, speak up for the Lord. Serve the Lord. Amen. Proclaim His name, proclaim His power, Proclaim His love to this world. He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Brethren, He's not talking just to just anybody. He's talking to the redeemed. He's talking to the children of God. He's talking to those who has been bought with the blood. He's talking to those Gentiles that Christ has brought in to, his, to, to the church. You are the brethren. You are the sisters and brethren in the Lord. Hallelujah. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to God's people. I beseech you by this. And he can't... There's not anything that Paul can use that's any greater than that. I wish, in other words, he's like saying, I wish and I hope and I pray by the grace of God by which you're saved. He can't get any greater than that. And you know what's happened to you is the greatest thing on earth. The greatest thing on earth has happened to you. The greatest gift God could ever give has been given to you. Hallelujah. That's why you live for God. That's why you serve God. It's not because you're just supposed to. It's because something great has been given to you. Hallelujah! You talk about to talk testify for the Lord because something great has taken place in you. Man, when you get to church, you ought to get to a place where you say, "Man, I can hardly wait to get to church because I got something to say." I can't wait at home, tell my husband, tell my children, tell my wife, tell somebody. I can't hardly wait because something great has happened to me. Amen. The greatest thing on earth, I can't say it enough, the greatest thing in your life has happened to you. Huh? Amen. You know, when I just say, all oh, well, uh, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Muhammad, I believe in Buddha. I believe in this. I believe in that. No, we're not just one of the many that's on the line here on the shelf. Man, we're somebody special. We're somebody that has the greatest thing on earth. Amen. Amen. And ain't nothing in this world compared to it. There's no religion to compare to it. Huh? There's nothing that the world can offer us in money or riches or glory or anything else that can even compare to it hallelujah you're saved and you begin to realize man you know I'm saved (laughs) I'm saved I'm redeemed I don't have to go there I don't have to live like that I don't have to say that I don't have to be this way I don't have to, to, to go where they think I ought to go and do what they think I should do I'm born again I'm not even the same old fellow I used to be. I'm somebody different. Hallelujah. I don't even like the things I used to like. I don't even care about the things I used to care for. God has done something inside me, and man, I like what God's doing in me. Hallelujah. I want to be different. I want to be branded a a fanatic. And what? They call you an outlaw now. An outlaw? Okay. I'll be an outlaw. That's okay. I'll be branded an outlaw for Jesus. That's all right. I I want to be one of those who are numbered to stand up with Jesus, identified with Jesus. I want to identify with Christ. Amen. Brother, to nowadays, that really puts you in a different spot. That puts you on the spot nowadays. If you identify with Christ, brother, you are the target of this world. That's okay. Praise God. Look at the disciples and how they lived in the early days of the church in the New Testament and what, what, what happened to them. Brother, they stood up every day and they got knocked down every time they stood up, but they got right back up again. If you get knocked down for Jesus, that's okay. Somebody walks up and slaps you in the face, that's okay. If somebody talks about you and runs you down and calls you a a no-good so-and-so, that's okay. Brother, it's okay to suffer and be persecuted for the name of Jesus. It's not time to whine and complain and, and, and whimper and cry about it. It's time to rejoice about it. If somebody hates you and talks about you because of your faith, rejoice about that. If you if you you know if you let it get to you, it's going to get you down. It's going to discourage you, and you're going to feel like you know you're going to be so discouraged, you're just going to feel like you're dragging your dragging your heels, and you're just going to you know you you're going to get discouraged and quit on the Lord. But don't listen to it. Don't let it get you down. Instead of it getting you down, let it be a catapult for you. Let it be something that 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 catapults you forward, not drags you down in the mud. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying, look, you can see yourself clearly now. You can see who you are. You were once lost, now you found. You were once blind, now you see. You were deaf, you couldn't hear a thing. Now you can hear everything. <laughs> you were lost and undone in this world. Then Christ came. Amen. And and now you're Child of God. Now you're a children of Abraham by faith in Jesus. Now God has included you among His family, among His household. Hallelujah. You're no longer outcasts. You're no longer aliens. But now you are members. Now you are children of God. And I beseech you by that. Hallelujah. I beg of you by that. Amen. That you present your body a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable or the better translation is spiritual service why? because you are now a spiritual being you are now a spiritual being you are not just a person living in the flesh carnally minded living in death you're not just dead in sin any longer now you have been made alive in Christ now you have fellowship with God now you are children of God you are a spiritual person you bring into life spiritual things in spiritual ways you do it in spiritual ways or spiritual manner. You, 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 you handle situations not with a carnal view of things like the world. But now God has given you the privilege. God has given you a whole new life. He's made you a whole new creation in Christ. So that you're able to view, you're able to think in a spiritual way. It becomes valuable to you. It becomes important. It becomes prominent in your life. It becomes so important. It's the first thing you think about. Any situation you come through in life, the first thing you think about is, Lord, what shall I do about this situation? Give me your wisdom. Give me your understanding to know what to do and how to do, how to handle the situation. Why do you think that way? Because now you are a spiritual-minded person. The world is not spiritually-minded. People that don't know Christ, they're not spiritually minded. They may think they're smart and have a lot of answers to a lot of things. They know how to solve problems. But the fact of the matter is, they're far, they're far, far. It's impossible for them to understand. The natural man cannot receive or know the things of God for they are spiritually discerned. Now you are spirit. Hallelujah. Somebody raise your hand and say, now I'm spirit in the Lord. Because you're spirit in the Lord, you are spiritually minded. You are spiritually set on fire by the Holy Spirit. You're no longer walking after the flesh in this world. Now you're walking after the spirit. You have an edge. Somebody says, I got an edge. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not that you're better than somebody else or holier than thou. It says that you got an edge. And he does say, offer your bodies. Your body. What does that mean? Your whole being, all that you are. And the body is so important because Paul is relating to the the idea of how they offered up sacrifices in the Old Testament when they brought the animals into the temple to sacrifice the the animal. And they brought the the bodies of the animals and they killed the animals and and cut their throat and drained their blood and offered the blood up and all these things. They offered the bodies of all these animals. But they were dead sacrifices. They were dead. They, they, They killed them and they laid them on the altars. They were dead animals. But Paul says God doesn't want you to die for Him. He wants you to live for Him. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. He wants your bodies. Listen, why why does he use the word body? Because, well, it it means your whole self, your whole being, but also the body is so important to us. Everything about us has to do with our bodies. Amen? I mean, you're not going to get up and go and leave your body at home. (laughs) Right? Right? You ain't gonna get up and do something and leave your light and leave your feet sitting there. But, amen. When you get up, your feet gets up with you. I like the old movie that you know Bob Holt was in with and Crosby. You know the old road picture where he's an old man. And he gets up and says, "Look and see if, see if everything got up with me." <laughs> when you get up, everything everything about you gets up with you. So your body is important. Your body is important. But now our body, see what what does that mean? Our bodies express. We use our bodies to express what's in our hearts. We use our bodies to express our behavior pattern. Did I say that right? Our behavioral patterns. (laughs) Everything that is inside of us is shown on the outside of us. Amen. Amen? Especially the eyes, how we look, how we see, how we perceive, how we react uh, towards things, towards people, situations. We use our hands instead of meddling in something we shouldn't be meddling in, in the world. We use our hands for Christ. We use our hands for God. To help, not to hurt. To hurt. Instead of going to the wrong places with letting our feet carry us to the wrong place in the world, we're letting our feet carry us to the right place. Amen? So our bodies our bodies are being used. Our bodies are, are very important to us. And now Paul is teaching us, yield your bodies. As you yield yourselves unto sin, yield yourselves unto righteousness now as you yield yourself going where you, where you used to go in this world, thinking the way you used to think, doing all those things, he said, now yield yourselves unto that which God has called you to. Righteousness. Now, make yourselves a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable. unto God. Which is your spiritual service. Now that means that everything then, that everything then about us How we we make decisions about about things. When we get into uh, discussions about things. When we make a decision about what we're going to do. About our finances or about uh, whatever it is in life. We make that decision with a spiritual mind. We put God first in our thoughts. We put His Word first in our thoughts. Because it's in our heart and his word helps us to make the right decisions in life about everything we don't look to anything else in this world or towards both you know most people just look to themselves that's why they're so frustrated and so so messed up because they don't look to anything but to themselves to try to solve their problems and they get in a big mess and they get hurt, and they get discouraged, and some people go all the way to the point of committing suicide. They just they they can't handle life sometimes, and it's just too much for them, and they just give up, and they just quit, and they get themselves and get you know get 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 out of it, get get rid of everything. But that doesn't that doesn't solve anything. That just that's the beginning of your problem. That's not the end of it. That's the beginning of a great big problem. And Paul is letting us know. Look, praise God! You are a spiritual being, and you have every—my God! You have everything inside you. You have every, all the strength of God, all the power of God that's working in you. And He is there for you to access. Access any time that you need Him. He's always there. Yes, he is. When you need wisdom, he'll give it to you. If you need knowledge, he'll give it to you. If you need understanding, he'll give it to you. Don't give up on God. You're not a carnal man. You're a born again child of God. Don't give up on your father. He's there for you. Don't give up on his word. Don't give up trusting God. Live for God. Serve God. Remind yourself of God. Come to God. Talk to God. Let him inundate your life your heart your minds let your minds run all day long with the word of god in there it's always speaking to your heart and in your mind hallelujah meditate upon his word meditate upon his word day and night hallelujah let the word of god be the rule of your life When you go out there every day and you face the world, whatever it is you do and you're facing the world, face it with the Word of God. Face it with the power of God. Face it with the grace of God. Face it with knowing that praise God, I'm more than a conqueror, and I'm going to live through this world, and God's going to give me victory today, and I'm going to be blessed of God today. I don't have to live in, in. I don't have to live without his blessing. I don't have to live in a cursed, li- a cursed life in this world. Some Christians act like they're cursed of God. No, you're not. You're blessed of God. Above all, people of the earth, you are the blessed of God. Quit living like you're not. You are the blessed of God. Jesus said, Blessed are they who have not seen me and yet believe. You. Have you ever seen Jesus? But you believe on him, don't you? Then you're blessed, amen. Then you're blessed. Instead so of walking around thinking, "Well, I ain't no good. I ain't worth a dime. I ain't worth nothing." So, "No, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Why? If anything, because I believe in Jesus. <laughs> so I'm blessed." Now Paul is saying, "You're blessed, people. Now you're blessed. Before you was cursed. Now you're blessed." Before you was law before, boy, you were just a you were a big mess before, yeah. You were in terrible shape before. But now look at you. Now look at you. Praise God. Look at what God's done. Look what the Lord is like that song that Marty used to he brought in the in the in the song book. Look what the Lord had done. I think she likes that song. Look what the Lord had done. He healed my body. He saved my soul. What else does it say? It don't matter. He's done everything in my life. Look what the Lord has done for me. Amen? So when you start feeling down and out and discouraged, about ready to quit and give up and turn away from God, think about what God's already done for you. Think about what He's done. Think about where you was and where you're at. Hallelujah. So I don't know know if I'm too far along or not. Well, you're not over there across that other side of that line where you was before. When you was on the other side of that line, you was on your way to hell. Now you're on your way to heaven. Amen. Praise God. It don't matter where you are in your walk. Just keep walking. Just keep going. Just keep believing. Just keep trusting God. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. I promise you it will get better. Somebody said, I don't see how we're going to make it. Well, how would you get where you are now? I don't know if I'm going to get through it or not. Well, how would you come where you are now? So I beseech you by that. I implore you by that very fact. Amen. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed. What does that word conform mean? Huh? Be Does anybody know what that word conform means? It means to be fashioned like unto the same pattern. Having the same pattern. Don't have the same look. Don't fashion yourselves to think like a carnal man, like the world. That those that don't have God, like those who don't have what you have. You know, I got something. You better believe you got something. You got something that they ain't got. Take advantage of it. Use it. Access it. Do not be conformed. Do not settle for anything less than what you have in the Lord. Don't settle for anything less than what the Word of God says about you. Yeah, don't settle for anything less than what God says you can have. And He said, if you'll ask anything, I'll get it. He said, I'll supply all of your need. Yeah, don't settle for anything less than that. Yeah, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, brother. Bob, you pray for me? I said, the Lord said He'll supply all you need. Yeah, <laughs> so you're not going to settle for any less. That's right. Amen? Yeah. I'm not going to live in this world and settle for less than what God said I could have. I'm not going to settle for less than God's blessing in my life. Now, now things come along in life, and they try to discourage us all. People say things and do things. Things come, things come around and go around, and come around and go around. But come and go, what may? Hallelujah! Some of us, we all of us, get get, get to a point in life sometime where we get discouraged. I had a preacher one time I was a pastor in church, church here in Dallas you know what he used to say about people that's full of discouragement he said if you're full of discouragement you're full of the devil <laughs> that was pretty hard you know <laughs> but let me tell you something if we're listening to that discouraging word we're listening to the devil huh well God understands me he understands you alright he wants you to believe what he he said If you believe what he says, you're not going to get discouraged. If you believe what he says, you're not going to listen to what the devil says. I want to hear what God says. I want to live by what he says. I want to live by his word. I want to walk in his word. I want to be blessed in his word according to his word. Jesus died and was buried and rose again according to the word. Everything that Jesus was was according to the word. Everything He said was according to the Word of His Father. Everything He did was according to the Word of His Father. So then, everything we do now in Christ should be and is according to His Word. I am what I am. I have what I have. God's going to bless me. I'm going to see things because God said so, and I'm going to live accordingly. Amen. And if I come into to a situation in life I don't know how to handle, God will give me the understanding and the wisdom that I need to handle this situation. Yeah. He will see me through. Amen? So I'm not going to fashion myself after the manner of the world, the manner of those who are lost, because I'm not lost. Why should I live and act like somebody that's lost? Why should I conduct myself as somebody that doesn't know the Lord? Huh? Huh? Why should I even pray like somebody that doesn't know the Lord? If I know Him. Sometimes some Christians come to the Lord, they act like the first time in their life they ever come to the Lord. Why? The Bible says pray always. Pray without ceasing. Always have the time to pray. It's very important in our lives to pray. So when you get used to praying, man, you don't come to the Lord like it's the first time. You don't come to the Lord and say, Lord, I know it's been a long time that i will talk to you. Man, that's the way the world thinks. The world thinks that way, you know. Well, Lord, I ain't never talked to you, but if you're really there. Amen. Sometimes Christians act like that's how they think. Well, Lord, if you're really there, well, let me ask you a question. Are you really saved? <laughs> Do you really know that Jesus is in your soul and in your heart? Do you know that Jesus redeemed you and washed you with his blood? Do you know that? Amen. So when you come down to come before the Lord in prayer, you should feel you should you should make that known. Lord, I know that you washed me in your blood. I know that I'm your child, and I thank you for that. Hallelujah. Don't ever come to God with your head down, down between your legs. Bible says come boldly before the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Why? Why should I come boldly? Because, praise God, I'm born again. I'm a child of God. And I have the privilege of coming. He gave me that privilege. So let's take advantage of what God has given to us. Amen. Let's not live and act like... Worldly men are people that don't know God. Let's act like and pray like and live like those who know Him. That know who they are. They're children of God. How am I going to handle this situation, Brother Bob? Turn it over to the Lord. I'll pray with you. I'll agree with you. Yeah. When we get through praying, it's done. Stand on His word. Hallelujah! Live like a, like a. (laughs) Live like you got the liver in you. (laughs) Live like Jesus lives in you. Live like Christ lives in you. Don't be a pantywaist sissy. Be a soldier of Jesus Christ, and I'm not making fun of women either. <laughs> I just don't know how to say it for men, you know. It <laughs> goes for every one of us, men and women alike. Amen. Don't be that way. Be a soldier for Jesus Christ. Be a strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Quench yourselves like men, he says in one place, and be strong. <laughs> Amen. When David went out to fight the Philistines and the enemies of Israel, he didn't want to take along all the wimps. And those that didn't know, Oh no, I don't know David, them guys look pretty tough. I think I'll oh, You just stay here, I don't need you anyway. He took what the Bible say, that David took with him the mighty men of valor. God wants us to understand, I have made you mighty men of valor. Hallelujah. It's not in your strength anyway. It's my strength, the Lord says. It's not not how tough you are. It's how tough I am. Amen. So don't try to stand up in your own strength. Stand up in mine. But I want you to stand up. Go forth not in your strength, but in my strength. But I want you to go forth in my strength. I want you to live for me. And not just for me, but with me. Amen. I preached on that here. God wants us to live with Him. Amen. He says, Be not conformed to this world, but ye transformed. So God says, He says here, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul was seeing something happening here in the church in the Romans. He realized the importance of what he was saying and Uh, how crucial it was for him to address this living in the world at that time in the Roman world of that day there was much around them in society that was against them after all Christianity was brand new in the world this was a brand new thing that was happening in the world that God was doing in the midst of a pagan World. Every city was filled with gods of all kinds, idols everywhere in the streets, temples uh, everywhere of false gods that they worshiped. The life that the world knew at that time was so far from what we know today as Christians in America that we don't really today comprehend. What it was to be, to what it was to live in the world at that time. We don't understand today because we have lived in such a free society in a Christian world as we've known it all of our life. But at that time and at that place, especially in Rome itself, the capital, the city of the world, a world of paganism, idolatry, those who actually persecuted and hated Christians. Uh, There may be some countries today where you can go where people are persecuted because you're a Christian. Even die because you're a Christian. But at that time, the whole world was inundated. The whole world was pagan, barbaric. They might have been so-called civilized, but the truth of the matter is they weren't civilized at all. They were pagan. They were... Idol worshipers. They were, they had all kinds of behavior, lifestyles that we today would, I mean, we would just shudder to think of the things that they might have done and said how they lived. But here the Christians are in the midst of all of this, facing this every day. Everywhere they turn, everywhere they look, they see it everywhere. And yet, Paul is realizing, hey, be ye transformed. Do not allow what you see that goes on around you on a daily basis. What you came out of, what you absolutely came out of, all of that darkness and paganism that was in the world, that's in the world now, he says. God has brought you great light. The only light there is in the world. You have it. You are the light. Now he says... Don't be conformed. Don't turn back. Don't take up the ways of man. The wisdom of man is foolishness with God. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. The religions and the thoughts and ideas of the world are as foolishness with God. Don't try to solve your problems looking back into where you came from. Don't try to live a life that is is compatible with this world. You are no longer of this world. You are no longer of this paganism, this barbarism. You are no longer of this. You have something brand new, something glorious, something beautiful in your life. Now, don't be conformed to that anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means metamorphosis—a change, like the caterpillar that changes from in the cocoon to the butterfly. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How are we going to renew it? By the Word of God, so that you may prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of God. But there's only one will. There's not three. You know, I've heard preachers teach it there. It means well, it's three, different, three different wills of God. No, there's not. There's one will of God. And you will find that the God's will, hallelujah, even when you might not believe it, that it's right and it's good. And you will, be, you will be acceptable of it. You will accept it. You will accept God's decision. It's acceptable. God can settle the matter. Do you hear me? God can settle every matter. We will find that God's will is so good that we can accept it. That's right. And God shows us. God proves to us. That you may prove, he said, prove to yourselves that you can live out your life in this world knowing the difference between God's will and the will of, this, of the will of man. Knowing the difference between what God says and what the world says. What God wants and what this world wants of you. You don't have to settle for anything this world wants for you. Settle for what God wants for you. You don't have to satisfy your life by joining the club. You belong to the most exclusive club that's ever been. You already belong to the greatest, the most beautiful club in the whole wide world. Brother, let your light shine and let people know about what it is you belong to. Don't let them overcome you. You overcome evil with good. Be not overcome, when he said, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't let this world overtake you and overrun you and drag you down to their level. Because you have something so much greater inside of you. You have something so much so much so much better in you, praise God, and let the love of Jesus shine forth out of you and prove to yourself what that is, that you may know the perfect will of God. Amen. What does that mean perfect? It, 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 it achieves what it says that starts out to do. the will of God achieves what it wants to do in your life. that's why it's perfect. I found out that that's true. When God says, do this and do that, it's all right. And when I did it, everything worked out just beautiful and it was perfect. Everything was perfect. God makes everything work out beautiful. That's what He wants. He said, this is the way I'm going to do it. If you'll follow me and do what I say, it'll work out perfect. The will of God is perfect. Even when it doesn't seem like to us that it's the right thing, sooner or later you're going to know. God will show you. And you will understand. Yep, he was right all. He was right all the yeah. way from the beginning. He was right all along. God never does lie. He doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make mistakes. Hello, Christian men, Christian women. God does not make mistakes. We follow Him. Prove to ourselves what His will is. How we're we going to prove it? How are we going to know? By renewing our mind in His Word know what the word of God says get it in your heart get it in your mind read it study it meditate on it praise God live it eat it swallow it drink it praise God sleep in it get up and walk in it hallelujah let the word of God be your daily bread let it be your life hallelujah get that Bible out every day and read it study that Bible you know brother Bob I'm not a preacher baloney It ain't got nothing to do with it Thank God you're not a preacher, amen? (laughs) If you're not one, say, thank you, Lord, you didn't make me a preacher, amen? But as a Christian, as a brother and sister in Christ, as a child of God, we are all called. We all need spiritual food. If we're spirit beings, we need to have spiritual food. Oh, we're busy about feeding our natural bodies good enough. Amen. But we're starving our spiritual man sometimes. We let him go days and weeks sometimes without any food. He's starving. <laughs> sometimes when you come to church you hear the preacher preach it, it's so good. It's so good to you. You know why? Because you've been starving yourself for the last week or two. Hallelujah. You see what God wants. What, is it, what, what, what in the world is a preacher for anyway? Is he just? Is, God just put preachers in the church just to be the one who's who's supposed to read the Bible and study the Bible and meditate on the Bible and get to know the Bible and learn the Bible and all and 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 tell everybody else what it says. Well, I don't have to read the Bible, brother Bob does. I don't have to know what God wants. I can ask brother Bob. He'll tell me. kinda of silly it? but when you get in there for yourselves yeah you know, I, all my life I grew up in church and been around preachers, just dozens of preachers, some of them, I can think of some of the greatest preachers I've ever heard in my life. It's ever been that's ever preached that I've ever heard. You don't hear much of that kind of preaching anymore. And boy, I just I just used to sit and just listen to him and just I was drooling like this <laughs> how did he how, how, how did he come up with that how, how did he know I mean how come I didn't see that <laughs> and you know and you hear these wonderful sermons and messages but what God was telling me all along is his son I was, I was in the living room one day and I was reading the Bible by myself I was just a little kid and the Lord spoke to my spirit. He said, study. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, study. Don't just read. Study my word. So the young kid God taught me, said, it's important for you not just to go to church and hear preachers preach. Well, that's good. God wants you to do that, and I'm not, I'm not trying to discourage you from going to the church somewhere to hear a preacher preach. You need to go hear a preacher preach if he's preaching the Word. You need it. You need it. I mean, God put him there. He put you there, so everybody needs it. You need it. The preacher needs it. Everybody needs it. But also, God says, look, I just, you, know, just, you just don't need to go just hear a preacher preach all the time. You need to get in that for yourself. Get in there and read my Word so that you can understand better. And even when, after when you do that and you go to church and you hear some guy get up and preach, you'll know whether he's preaching the truth or not. <laughs> and if he's preaching the truth, you can back him up 100% and say amen when he's preaching. And be encouraged in the Lord. But if he's not, maybe you can help him. Huh? Maybe you can kind of show him a thing or two, what I said when he's been in error is that right because the Lord says don't be high minded some preachers are so high minded act like well, I'm it and I know it all and everybody will say I listen to me no, Paul said don't be that way get down off your high horse man amen condescend he said in the same chapter if you're reading along there Condescend to men of low estate. In other words, get down off your high horse. You gotta, you gotta boil the hog to get the lard. You know, you got, you you, you gotta get down, get down with one another hallelujah don't lift yourself up above everybody else come down together because you're all one in Christ okay. now they lived in a world at that time the Roman world the Greek world the Roman world was a world of, of great philosophy and wisdom oh there was great philosophies in the world at the time ain't that right and so people were thought they thought of these men as high and mighty and lifted up and they exalted them and thought the world of them and they were the ones to listen to and follow and and dictate to their lives how they should live Paul says don't be that way don't be a philosopher praise God don't be a philosopher be a follower be a follower of Jesus praise God he said follow me because I'm following Jesus you know, I believe that with all my heart. Throughout the Bible, the Bible doesn't really teach leadership. It teaches followers. Right. Praise God, there's nobody really leading anybody. The Holy Spirit's leading the whole church. And Jesus is out front. Amen. 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 Absolute truth. Paul says, I'm following Jesus. As long as I'm following Jesus, you can follow me. Amen. Amen. When we were little kids, we used to play that game, you know. Do as I do. Follow me. What was it called? Follow me. Or... The follow the leader. That's it. Follow the leader. We'd watch that guy up there. Whatever he was doing, he would do what he did, you know. Follow the leader. Paul says, I'm following Jesus and he's the leader. Amen. Whatever he's done, what I'm doing. Praise God. Whatever he's saying, what I'm saying. Hallelujah. And so Jesus was the same way himself. So ultimately, God. God is the leader. The Father is the leader. And Jesus said, I do whatever my Father says. I say whatever He says. He's one working in me. So how can I, how can I be any different? The, the, the disciple, the servant, is not greater than his master and his Lord. If Jesus did it, I've got to do it. <laughs> Amen. And I, I delightfully do it. I'll do it with pleasure. I'll do it gladly. Praise God. I'll gladly follow the Lord. I'll gladly listen to Him. i gladly take His uh, advice. I'll gladly follow His example. Amen. 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 So that I may know will Lord teach me thy ways show me thy will for Lord I am waiting upon you hallelujah I want to know what it is that you have for me I want to know what it is your will is for me today in every situation anything I face any questions that I have Lord what is your will Why do I think that way? Because He made me to think that way. Because I'm spiritually minded. I'm conforming myself to Him and not to this world. When we're thinking thinking this way and praying this way and talking this way, we're conforming ourselves to Him, not to this world. Not to ourselves, not to our own ability, not to our own knowledge, not to our own uh, revelations of any kind, but what His Word says. Lord, amen. Let me me say this, I'm going to close. John said in the book of 1 John, we know that He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Even as He is righteous. If we know that He is righteous, how many know that Jesus is righteous? If we know that He is righteous, then He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as He is. Because I'm learning to follow. I'm learning to know His will. Amen. All the the goodness and the graces of God. And the Bible says, He that doeth righteousness, which is the will of God, He that doeth righteousness is born of God. The Bible also says in John that God is love. And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Amen. And he that loveth is born of God. Then not something? He that doeth righteousness is born of God. And he that loves is born of God. What is he telling us? The same thing that Paul said. We are discovering, we are living in, we are behaving like the will of God. In our lives, we're not being conformed to hatefulness, to malice, to envy, to strife, to uh, resentment, uh, being argumentative, contending with one another. God doesn't want us to contend with one another and argue with one another, He wants us just just calmly sit down and discuss the matter. You got something to think, you think the Bible's saying? Sit down and let me hear what you say. Amen? Sit down and let me hear what you got to say. Amen. Let's not sit back and, and throw darts at one another. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, some people throw darts with their eyes. You ever seen anybody throw darts with their eyes before? <laughs> <See>? <laughs> and the, you know we're supposed to sit down and, and, dis- and discuss calmly and teach and admonish one another in the love of God. Amen. One more scripture. Paul says in First Corinthians. Let me read it to you, then I'm going to close. First Corinthians, the sixth chapter, in verse twenty. For you are bought with a price. How many tell me what that price is? You're bought with a price. What is that price? The blood of Jesus. What a great price. Amen. It's the most valuable thing in the whole universe. All of the universe and everything that's in it cannot value be of as value as the blood of Christ. One drop, just one drop of His blood, is more precious than the whole world. Think about that. One, one half a drop is more precious than the whole world why is that because it saves my soul from hell and gives me eternal life you can't buy that with anything else only the blood can buy that hallelujah You are bought with a price. Therefore, same thing He said in Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God. Be like a form of this world. Be transformed. By the word of God, renewing of your mind. So that you can glorify God. How does God get glory when he gets his way? <laughs> Is God glorified when I when I throw a temper, temper tantrum fit and, 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 and complain and gripe and grumble at him? No, he's not glorified that at all. God doesn't get anything out of that. It's when we're walking in the way that pleases Him that God is glorified. What does that mean glorified? That God is made known. That world, the world can see how good God is when they look at you and look at your life and see what God's doing in you and through you and for you and in you. Then they know that God is great and they glorify Him and they praise Him and God is well thought of. Hallelujah. Let I me mean, say, is Jesus really the Savior? Just look at what He's done. Yes. Is He really the Messiah? Look at the lies that He's changed and the love and the goodness He's brought into this world. And tell me that He's not the Messiah. Hallelujah. Glorify God in everything. Amen. That we may know the will of God. Hallelujah. Not being lifted up, but lifting Him up. Amen. Stand with me, everybody. Well I've kept you a little longer than I was planning on. Seem like I just can't get away from that hour. I don't know why. (laughs) I try my best to try to not preach the whole hour, but I do it anyhow. (laughs) My wife tells me all the time, oh, you ought to sit down and try to write out these sermons, Bob. For 70 minutes! <laughs> Bless her heart. She sits down every night and spends hours on the computer listening to every, every sermon I preach and writing every word down as I preach it. And then she types it out and prints it out every sermon. And she's done that now. I don't know how many sermons are going to do every one of them that way? So they'll all be written out on paper. I said, honey, you're wasting your time. Ain't nobody care about reading that. You know, you know I, said, I mean, you're putting all those hours and time in. And I said, but you go ahead. If that's what you want to do. I'm not going to bother you. Go ahead and do it, and you know, do it. But she complains. <laughs> she <laughs> says, uh, for 70 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so here I am preaching, you know, so that's long. I said, well, honey, I'm sorry. You know, I, I try to cut it, but you know, you know how it is with me. Yeah, the Holy Spirit leads you. You got to keep going. So but anyhow, God bless you. Thank you for staying with us. We're <laughs> not getting up and leaving. Amen. <laughs> and I pray that, that the Spirit will impress upon you to remember. Hallelujah. You. you are a child of God. He told me that last Sunday. Just remember this. He said, Remember this, Brother Bob. You are a son of God. Said, okay. I'm a son of God. So remember who we are. And then don't be conformed to what's around you. Don't let what's happening in your life be an excuse. You getting this, John? (laughs) Don't let what's happening around you be an excuse for you to act like a hill. I'm talking to myself as well as you. Don't let things that happens around you be an excuse for you to act like you do. Just remember, you are a child of God. And you can do better than that. You can live with peace and you can, you can, you can be the master of the circumstance, so to speak. You don't, have to, you don't have to let that dominate your mind and your heart. You may have to go through some things. Yeah. I'm not saying you won't. Every one of us will. We will have to face and go through a lot of things. But they don't have to water down your spirit and flood your soul because you are a child of God. And by the grace of God, you're going to come through. If you do it, die trying. You're going to come through anyhow on the other side. Amen. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Father, thank You this morning. Because Your will is so important to us. And not only God is it important Lord but it is is a joy. It is a pleasure. Your commandments are not grievous or burdensome. But Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Because Lord we delight in we delight to do Your will. We delight in Your will. We delight in what it is You want for our lives. Hallelujah. Because we know, Lord, that hallelujah that's a pathway of life. That's a pathway of, of joy, peace, victory. And, and all the good blessings of God are in that path or in, in that way. Help us, Lord, not to turn to the right or to the left from it to steadily walk straight ahead, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. God, that we know the will of God, that we walk in the will of God, that we, that praise God, we overcome in the will of God. In every situation. In Jesus' name.